My Bullock Audio Guide Introduction Welcome to the old church and graveyard of My Bullock, a place full of stories, perched on a hillside overlooking a rich historic landscape. Dating back to the dawn of Christianity in Ireland, My Bullock is one of 46 historic graveyards in County Cavan. This peaceful place has plenty of characters within its walls with fascinating tales to tell. In this audio guide, we will introduce you to the monuments that survive here and we'll share some of the stories from history and mythology that make it such a special place. We will also find out about its living story, the dedicated community who look after it and the wildlife that make their home here making the ancient graveyard of my bullock a place of the living as well as of the dead. My bullock is set on a hill in the townland of Rallabeg, on a bend in the road where the old graveyard is bounded by a stone and earthen bank. Tall beech trees provide shelter for the many grave markers and create a peaceful atmosphere. It is a quiet place, Apart from the occasional passing car, the ambient sound of my bollock is the wind rustling through the beech trees, the song of a blackbird, and the croaking caw and chatter of ravens. My bollock graveyard looks east, almost standing sentry over a stunning vista that includes the hilltop Neolithic tombs of La Croix to the southwest. What you cannot see is that my bullock overlooks one of the most important ancient borders in Ireland. The bottom of the hill marks the border between counties Cavan and Meath, and the border between the great provinces of Ulster and Leinster. Nearby, the Barora River runs south, part of the network of waterways that feeds the River Blackwater, which in turn joins the storied River Boyne ultimately placing Moy Bullock on a routeway that connects it to the east coast. A large ring fort is located a couple of hundred metres to the east of the churchyard on the opposite side of the road. A similar one guards a hilltop in the neighbouring townland of Raylamore. Ring forts are circular enclosures of ditches and earthen banks, they were settlements that belonged to the farming communities that lived here in the early medieval period, at the same time that the early Christian clerics were living and worshipping in what we know as Moibullock Graveyard today. This region was at that time associated with three related historic tribes, the Gailinga, the Ligna and the Sutney. When the church was founded in around the 5th century, they are thought to have been dominated by the great southern Enail dynasty of Ulster. But kings of Gilenga and Ligna began to be recorded again from the middle of the 9th century. The local political picture becomes more complicated again after 1078, when the powerful Eroks imposed a monster Ibrian dynast as kings of Gilenga. This was part of their efforts to impose dominance over these lands and extend the territory of the Iraq kingdom of Brethny. This all came to an end, of course, when Tyrnan Iraq met the Anglo-Norman lord Hugh de Lacey at the Hill of Ward, some 30 kilometres to the south of my bullock. The meeting was intended to be a parley, but it ended in slaughter, 
and the end of the last Eror king as a new power rose in these lands. Evidence of this new order can be seen in the field north of the graveyard, where a modern bailey stands. This was a type of earth and timber castle built by the Anglo-Normans when they were extending their control across the Irish landscape. However, despite the political turmoil, worship at the Church of My Bullock continued, and it would ultimately outlive the occupation of the Martin Bailey by many centuries. Mythical Origins the name Maibolag, or Maibolg, as it was more commonly known up to recent centuries, derives from the Irish Maabolg, meaning the Plain of the Fear Bolg. The medieval text, aptly known as the Levagoala Erin, or in English, the Book of Invasions, describes the Fear Bolg as a mythical people who arrived in Ireland in the deep prehistoric past, taking control from the Fomorians. Not long after, the Tuatha Dé Danann arrived and became preeminent, before they were followed by the Milesians, who conquered the island with the help of the Fear Bullock. As a result of this help, the Fear Bullock had some territory restored to them, including in the area of modern County Cavan. However, the Milesians were hard masters, and by the beginning of the Christian era, the Fear Bullock were being forced to move ever westwards to Connemara. In AD 56, a great battle took place in the plain immediately to the east of the church, where the Milesians were finally defeated and their king, Fierca Finfola, was killed. Folklore claims that he was buried in the mound to the north of the graveyard, which we now believe to be an Anglo-Norman mot. While the slain warriors were buried under mounds of stone in the adjacent townlands of Carnan's Upper and Lower, Christianity is believed to have come to the area by the 5th century, and folklore has always been firm in its assertion that it was founded by our great national saint, Patrick. This is because of the curious folktale of the Kayak Gargan, the Gargan Hag. One Sunday morning, a beautiful young woman named Gargan was making her way to Mass along a laneway close to the church. She had not yet broken her fast, as was traditional for those intending to receive communion. She met a horseman in the laneway and asked him to hand her a few of the blackberries growing at the top of the hedgerow. Despite her religious intentions, she proceeded to eat them and was instantly transformed into a ferocious black swine, which swallowed both man and horse. Fuming and foaming at the mouth, she dashed among the people who were gathering for mass, devouring them one by one. St. Patrick, hearing the uproar, quickly made his way to the spot. Going down on one knee, he hurled his holy water brush in her direction. This caused her to be blown apart, torn into four quarters, each going in a different direction. One landed in Linanavra Lock, to the southwest, one blasted straight up in the air, and the other two landed in and alongside the roadway that leads to the village of Tierworker. Legend has it that just prior to her explosive demise, she cursed the district. She proclaimed that when 99 generations of red-haired gargans crossed the stream on the roadway where she lay, 
she would rise again and destroy the land. So strong was the belief in this tradition that up to the middle of the 19th century, funerals and other processions would avoid crossing this particular spot by going into the neighbouring fields. This strong aversion to crossing the cursed place existed in some people's minds even into the 20th century. Another early cleric associated with the site is Bishop Sirik of Marbolg. He is mentioned in a number of Irish calendar texts that list saints, feast days and other important dates in the Christian calendar. While they tell us that his feast day was November 26th, they do not tell us when he lived, though it is thought to have been not long after the time of St. Patrick. The Church and Graveyard As you explore my Bullock graveyard, there are a number of interesting features to look out for. The first feature that you encounter is the stone wall on the roadside that was built in the 19th century. The rest of the roughly circular enclosure consists of a much older earthen bank and dry stone wall that is a relic of the original early medieval church foundation. There may even be shadows of an outer enclosure of the ancient foundation surviving in the surrounding fields. Before you enter the graveyard, look closely at the stones in the wall a couple of metres to the right of the gate. Here you will find a stone with a circular impression. This may be a bullon stone, a feature common to early Christian foundations. Local folklore suggests that this may be the very stone on which St. Patrick is supposed to have knelt when he hurled the holy water brush at the Kailak Gargan. Imprints of his toe and knee were said to have been deeply outlined in the stone, which locals used to point out to visitors where it once stood within the graveyard, until it was apparently wantonly destroyed. Perhaps fragments were added to the material used to build this wall, with this Boulon stone being the most visible trace remaining. Another Boulon stone stands near the north wall of the enclosure, where it appears to have been reused as a grave marker. When you enter, the ruins of the stone church standing near the centre of the graveyard are the first feature to catch your attention. The original early medieval church was made from wood and replaced by a stone building some time later. The ruins we can see today belong to a large medieval church that consisted of a nave and a south transept. About 18 metres of the nave's north wall still stands, with a series of low walls rebuilt around it during reconstruction work in the 1980s. To the right is the better-preserved two-storey transept. This structure saw later changes and is in much better condition as it was in use up to the mid-18th century. Perhaps for worship, but its primary role was to serve as a priest's residence and a school, and we'll hear more about that later. Arguably, the oldest grave marker here is a simple 8th or 9th century cross slab that stands, or rather leans, almost at the centre of the graveyard, just south of the church. Above an incised cross, there is an almost indecipherable inscription in Old Irish that was only discovered in 2017 by local historian Brian Callaghan. It reads, Or do Olbrun. This translates simply as a prayer for Obrun.
Similar cross slabs are found at a number of early Christian churches and monasteries in Ireland, but it is extremely rare to be able to identify the named person with an historical character. That said, there are two possible candidates for this memorial, when you factor in that spelling varied wildly in this period. One is Albron, the abbot of Clonard, who died in AD 884, and the other is Albron, abbot of Trevet, who died in AD 774. It might seem unlikely that such important clerics from monasteries that are both about 50 kilometres away would end up here, but all the historical evidence we have suggests that Moibullock was always an important foundation and a prestigious place to be buried. Another simple cross slab stands against the boundary wall to the left as you enter the graveyard. This small slab is incised with a simple cross in circle. It can be difficult to pinpoint the date for monuments like this, but it is believed to date to the 10th to 12th centuries AD. The scant surviving records considered alongside the strong folkloric and burial traditions suggest that Moibullock was an important church throughout its existence. In July 1409, Archbishop Fleming summoned all his clergy to appear at St. Patrick's Church, Moibullock. This record not only suggests that Moibullock was important enough to be used for such a gathering, but is also the only medieval confirmation of the folkloric belief that the church was associated with St. Patrick. Moibullock was one of the hospital churches of medieval Cavan. Despite the important role they played, the Cavan hospital churches are believed to have all been suppressed and confiscated by the English crown by the end of the 1500s during the Reformation. In 1606, Mybolic's Hospital Church and Terman lands were granted to Sir Henry Moore. However, they were soon taken back from him and given instead to the Bishop of Kilmore. Unfortunately, the few short years between saw the church fall into ruin and it is depicted on a 1609 plantation map as being roofless. But the established church soon repaired it and by 1620 it was recorded as one of the few churches in Cavan still in use. Sometime after the 1641 rebellion, it reverted to the Catholic Church, but in 1646, during the Eleven Years' War, it was burned by the English. Inside the ruins of the church, you can find a small collection of stone wayside crosses set in concrete probably brought to the churchyard for safekeeping. Two bear the dates 1684 and 1686, and they are decorated with carvings of a cleric, a man with raised arms and cherubs. Nearby is a medieval stone font set into the ground and known locally as a holy well. An offering of a silver coin or medallion accompanied by the appropriate prayers is believed to provide a cure for warts. Nearby, you will also find an unusual-looking memorial. It is circular with a hole in the centre. It probably started its life as a millstone and was reused here as a grave marker. Folklore suggests that people used to strike agreements, including marriage contracts, by shaking hands through the hole. A graveyard for all. 
Most of the memorials you see as you walk through the graveyard date to between the 18th and the 20th centuries. They consist of familiar upright headstones, box tombs built of dry stone walls with a slab laid across the top, table tombs, which are large slabs supported by carved stone legs, marker stones and iron crosses. Scattered among these memorials, if you look carefully, you can discover some interesting individuals. Located east of the church ruins, you can find a large carved grave slab depicting a medieval cleric. He holds a chalice. The border bears an inscription in remembrance of a pastor who died in 1721. However, the style of the memorial suggests they may have added this inscription to a much older grave slab. This may be the burial place of the classical schoolmaster John Gargan. The use of this ancient stone being a mark of respect to a valued priest and teacher. Not far inside the gate, around 10 metres or so, you can find a large weathered slab lying on a dry stone built plinth. On it, you will see a raised coat of arms crest with memento mori symbols beneath it. Memento mori are mortality symbols. They usually depict skulls, coffins, hourglasses and bells, and they serve as a stark reminder that the viewer's time on Earth is limited. The inscriptions indicate that this plot belongs to the Smith family. It was erected for Torla and Margaret Smith in either 1650 or 1680. Another of the early memorials is an unusual-looking upright slab just a couple of metres away. The inscription asks the reader to pray for the soul of Terence Smith, who died March 6th, 1731, aged 56. This is followed by the name Catherine Riley. What was her relationship to Terence? Did she erect his gravestone? Or is she buried here also? Perhaps we shall never know. In a rectangular plot enclosed by a low stone wall to the north of the church is the grave of Bishop Farrell O'Reilly, a native of Baileyborough. He was appointed Bishop of Kilmore in January 1807 and consecrated on the 24th of August of the same year. He died in office on the 30th of April 1829 and was laid to rest here alongside his parents and his brother, Father Francis O'Reilly. He was later joined by his nephew, Father Patrick O'Reilly. Father Patrick ministered to the community during the harrowing years of the Great Irish Famine. In 1847, he contracted typhus and died at the young age of 31. Such was the impression he made on the community in the few years he was here that clergy of all denominations were among the large crowds that attended his funeral here. The Great Famine of the 1840s had a devastating effect on this region. According to an article in a local newspaper, eight bodies per day were being buried in Moibullock in April 1847. The location of these burials was a mass grave in the northern section of the graveyard. A low wall was constructed around its supposed location in the 1980s. However, a geophysical survey in 2017 suggested the mass grave may be slightly to the left of this. A memorial was erected to their memory 
in May 1997. This graveyard is also believed to have been used as the burial ground for Baileyborough Workhouse. The graves of those whose families could not afford memorials often went unmarked, or might have been marked with an uninscribed stone, some of which can be found through the graveyard. This does not explain why there are no memorials to be found to any of the Sheridans of Quilka, at least some of whom are believed to have been buried here. This prominent local family, whose seat was at nearby Quilka House, included some interesting characters. One record claims that Dr Thomas Sheridan, a great scholar and one of the first headmasters of the Royal School Cavern, is buried here. He was father of Thomas Sheridan, a famous actor and stage manager and grandfather of the famed MP, satirist, playwright, poet and theatre owner Sir Richard Brinsley Sheridan, who himself was buried in Poets' Corner in Westminster Abbey, London in 1816. Another interesting gravestone is a rough pillar stone dedicated to John Cooney, who died in 1813. Carved above his name are the compass and square and smiling crescent moon, symbols that suggest he was a member of the Freemasons. Bollock Graveyard has witnessed the funerals of hundreds of individuals, clerics, famine victims, poets, scholars, Freemasons, and everyone in between. Although the burial ground was officially closed when Cavan County Council opened a new graveyard nearby in 1972, a small number of local families can still claim burial rights here, to be laid to rest amongst their ancestors and the many priests buried here. A place of welcome and learning. Hospitality to the poor was an important part of early monastic life, one that appears to have continued into the later medieval period. Religious houses ran the larger hospitals. Unlike today's hospitals, these were more like hospices that cared for the sick and poor. They also provided for travellers and poor pilgrims. Mybolic is one of 46 cavern hospitals named in a document from 1590. At this stage, Mybolic belonged to St. Mary's Abbey in Kells, which was founded in 1139. Hospital churches were endowed with property called Terminlands, under the authority of hereditary Ernic or wardens. In Mybolic, this was the Gargan or Garrigan family a name we have already heard associated with the tale of the Kailyak Gargan. Many of the parish priests came from that family, and as you explore the gravestones, you will find more of that name buried here. Indeed, there are still Gargans living in the area today. Not long after the church was burned down in 1646, the penal laws were enacted. These had a profound and restrictive impact on the religious, political, educational and economic lives of Irish Catholics. Despite the ban on Catholic worship, the two-storey structure south of the former nave continued to be maintained and used. Indeed, this might be considered a site of quiet rebellion. In 1704, 55-year-old John Gargan, a native of Mybullock, was registered as parish priest of Mybolic and Kilmainhamwood. He had been ordained in Dublin in 1677 and, 
apart from this required registration in 1704, records suggest that he resisted the penal laws, refusing, for example, to take the oath of abjuration. This was part of the Papist Act of 1715, which required Catholics to swear allegiance to the king as head of the Church of England. But his resistance went further than this. He was a great Latin scholar who dedicated many years to educating Catholics in a classical school right here in Moibolloc, in this two-storey building. Although living and working here in concealment during penal times, his name and achievements have been fondly remembered locally. In 1780, a 90-year-old man of the area reported that he had been his student. A large part of their education was through Latin. Indeed, the school is famed for producing classical scholars comparable with those of Oxford and Trinity of the time. Father Gargan's work continued until his death at a great age in the early 1700s, and he is believed to be buried here in the graveyard. If you stand in the school's ruin, perhaps you can imagine the old master sitting by the fireplace or a window, a book in his lap, listening to a student reciting Livy or another classical author. My Bollock also has a connection with the famed Irish bardic school of the O'Clearys. That is the same O'Cleary family responsible for the annals of the Four Masters. The last of the bardic schools closed in 1641, but the bardic traditions in Cavan survived for nearly another century. Among the 11 O'Cleary descendants of this tradition was Brian Riach O'Cleary, some of whose Irish poetry has survived. He died around 1730, at the young age of 26, and he too is believed to be buried in some quiet corner of this graveyard. One of his surviving poems is about spring. Then let us hail the breathing spring that flies to us on trembling wing and loves to linger in our clime when she has even passed her prime till she has traced in summer tide her infant buds to full-blown pride. A Treasured Heritage From the time the famous classical school went out of use in the 1700s, Mybolic stood as a peaceful oasis in the busy farming landscape that surrounds it. But by the 1980s, although it was still in use for occasional burials, it had become overgrown, and many centuries of grave digging meant that the ground was uneven with grave markers, humps and hollows. This was remedied by work done by FOSS, a state agency that was responsible for assisting people seeking employment. The restoration work they carried out made the site safer to explore and prevented the potential collapse of the ruins. More recently, in 2012, members of the local community came together to form the Mybolic Historical Society. This is a voluntary community group concerned with preserving and promoting the history and heritage of the Mybolic area. Since then, they have continued to maintain and research the graveyard and share its stories. Visitors can learn about the site's history from information panels at the entrance, a brochure and this audio guide. The Historical Society have also carried out a full survey of the graves so that a name board at the site allows visitors to locate specific burials. 
More information on the graves and some 3D recordings of the historic stones can be accessed on the website www.historicgraves.ie. Conservation work has been carried out on the surviving church walls and roadside wall thanks to funding they received from the Community Monuments Fund in 2020. All these projects have been carried out in partnership with and with the support of Cavan County Council, the Heritage Council and the Department of Housing, Local Government and Heritage. Like so many historic graveyards scattered throughout the Irish landscape, my bollock is an important haven for biodiversity. Nobody who visits the old church and graveyard could fail to notice the impressive line of mature beech trees along its northern and western boundary. The way their roots have grown into the ancient stonework could be seen to personify the entangled nature of natural and built heritage. These trees provide excellent shelter for both the monuments and the wildlife that live here. There are two species of yew tree in the graveyard, an Irish yew and an English, or common yew. Yews are frequently found in graveyards and have a long association with death. The seeds in their bright red berries are highly toxic to animals, so they were sometimes planted to ensure farm animals were not brought in to graze. Despite this, the yew trees have extremely high value for biodiversity. Their evergreen branches provide shelter for birds, insects and small mammals, and the berries are an important food source for birds. The dry stone walls around the site provide shelter and accommodation for insects and small mammals like shrews and mice, as well as a range of plants such as foxgloves, pennyworth and ferns. A species that is often overlooked in graveyards is lichens. These pale patches of growth seen on the walls and memorials not only add to the atmosphere of the graveyard, they are ancient, slow-growing organisms, sometimes as old as the monument itself, and their presence is an excellent indicator of good air quality. A wildlife survey carried out in September 2020 discovered no less than five different species of bats living in or passing through the graveyard on a nightly basis, feasting on the insect life in the shelter of the trees. Another nocturnal visitor is the barn owl, which has been spotted perched on the ruins at dusk, perhaps scouting for the small mammals as they creep out of their homes in the boundary wall in search of their own meals. The image of this wise bird perched on the old school wall is perhaps a fitting place to end this story. We hope you've enjoyed hearing about some of the people of my bullock and their fascinating stories, as preserved in the stones of their precious graveyard. If you would like to learn more about the site and about the work to protect it and uncover its stories, follow the Moy Bullock Historical Society's Facebook page. All of the gravestones and memorials have been carefully recorded and transcribed and can be viewed by searching for My Bullock Old at www.historicgraves.ie. Thank you for joining us in the Aparta audio guide to My Bullock Old Church and Graveyard. This audio guide was written by Sharon Green and edited by Neil Jackman. 
with the support and guidance of Brian Callaghan and the Moibolic Historical Society. This project was funded through the Community Monuments Fund, administered by the National Monument Service through the Department of Housing, Local Government and Heritage. More audio guides are available from our website, abartaheritage.ie, or on your favourite podcast platform. Simply search for Abarta Heritage to discover the stories of Ireland.